This is The Playbook. David Meltzer, welcome to the Leaders Lab. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm blessed to be honored as a leader in the lab. Well, quite the leader you are. I know it's been uh, decades of, of journeys and ups, ups and downs and mostly ups, but I, I know all the work you're doing now did not, uh, it was not a straight line. And I was wondering if you could take us back, David, and talk to us, you know, uh, you know, pre the big sports agency and, and all of that. What did, what did life look like for you early in your career? Yeah, there was, you know, the first world I lived in was the world of not enough. And, you know, you talked about the downs. I always say I got about average eight downs a day, just like everybody else. I get kicked in the face about eight times a day. And it's understanding my relationship with getting kicked in the face eight times a day uh, via the mindset, the heart set, and the handset. So uh, the first world I lived in pre where I am today, which has really evolved over the last 17 years, was a world of not enough. I grew up with a single mom, six kids. Uh, she worked two jobs, one as a second grade teacher. Then she would pack our bags, uh, dinner in a bag, and then you know fill up turnstiles at convenience stores with greeting cards just so we could eat. But I had this mindset, heart set, and hand set. I had a bag of beliefs that there wasn't enough. And whether it was the way that I ate, it was the way that I transacted. It was how hard that I tried. Uh, it was how I projected my insecurities. They all were based off of this bag of beliefs that there wasn't enough and I was gonna have to fight tooth and nail to get my share of a zero sum game. But that, and, that fight kind of served you though in your early career, yeah? It will serve a lot of people, fear serves people because it will get you up every day. It'll get you back up when you get those eight kicks in the face that you're going to get. It will get you started. It'll even get you back started, but it's not going to get you there. And when I talk about there, you're not going to live in spirit. You're not going to be able to take advantage of the abundant and infinite system of thought that we actually exist in. But there's many people that live their entire journey, people who have $40 million homes on the Newport coast that live in this world still today. Uh, and it's exhausting. It's empty. It's shallow. It's interference. You're living in fear every single day when you live in a zero sum game of not enough. Gosh, I just got off a podcast where I was being uh, interviewed and I, I said something very similar. I mean, that that fear irrational fear right of of there not being enough whatever it is not enough time not enough resources not enough money what was it for you you know what what was the catalyst because it seemed like in your 20s in your 30s i mean like you were building you were building you were i mean you were getting famous you were making tons of money like was it a gradual build where you were like this isn't happy and I, or I'm not happy and, and this is incongruent with who I am? Or was there a boom, like, you know, one wake up call slap in the face? It's such a good question because I think people do it in both ways, meaning with negative and positive, right? We talk about overnight successes. Look, behavior is an energy. Money is an energy. It aggregates, it compounds exponentially, and then it accelerates in varying degrees. And so when you have bad habits, bad mindset, bad heart set, bad handset, it's going to aggregate, compound, and accelerate into bad direction. So I believe everything is an accumulation 
anything that's energy uh, is an accumulation. And so it's when we become aware of what outcomes are being created by the behavior. And I usually say it takes about 90% of the behaviors uh, to get you to where you can be aware of outcomes. And thus, when we become aware, we're only about 25% away or, or to that outcome. It's just it doubles to 50% after the next 5% and it gets to 100 really fast. So good behaviors seem like they're overnight successes and cancer and, you know, uh, alcoholism and addiction seems like that happened overnight or, as well, but it's not. It's an aggregation of the exponentiality of outcomes and acceleration of bad behavior or good behavior. And so, you know, when I started to move from the world of not enough, I moved into another world of just enough of everything for me. And it became not a to me world of being a victim, but a for me world. And that's where you buy things to be happy, buy more things to be happy, buy different things to be happy, buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. And that's just as empty as the world of, of you know, not enough. And it's a, still a scarce world, trading, negotiating for everything, quid pro quo, living in a zero sum game. It's still scarce. Well, yeah, because it's, first of all, there's always somebody with more stuff. Secondly, there's always something to prove, right? So every day it's like, look at me, look at me. And, and it's funny, I'm, I'm listening to our conversation right now and I'm thinking, what would 35 year old David think about David in his fifties now? Like, would you have even understood what we're talking about right now? Would you be like, that's just a bunch of hippy dippy bullshit or like, what, I mean, what would you have thought about this 20 yeah, years the same ago? Same thing you know? I thought when I saw guys like me, that yeah. is woo woo, you know, like I make it happen. You know, there's no reconciliation with, you know, having good behaviors and allowing things to happen, right? Like, right. because my emotional address was attached to either things or people I wanted to impress. Mm -hmm. So when I didn't get exactly what I wanted, that created void shortages and obstacles, or when I didn't get the approval from who I wanted, or I didn't get the response from who I wanted, once again, I've given away my joy. I've given away my power and everything becomes a comparison of just enough. So when uh, I saw people like me uh, in my thirties and twenties, I, you know, laughed at them. And some of them are mentors of mine today, you know, guys like, you know, Jack Canfield and, oh, yeah. and Wayne Dyer and all these guys. When I first initially heard uh, all of these guys, Dennis Waitley, Zig Ziglar, Napoleon Hill, they were planting seeds in me, but I was uh, not watering or harvesting at all. But today, those are my true guide lights, my guideposts. And I laugh at kids who laugh at me and just say, hey, when you're 55, give me a call if anything I said in your 20s and 30s resonates. <laughs> I feel like uh, almost every hard charging, you know, 20 and 30 something year old, I'm saying guy, I'm just saying that energy, right? That masculine energy that we had that it's almost like you're just going to have to learn it the hard way. I feel like sometimes, right. You just have to learn that the, I, I think back then it was like, you know, the fastest way to from point A to point B is brute force, right? Like I'll just carve the path, I think is the mentality. And, and yeah, this stuff didn't play a part, but so when you got there, was it just a lack of fulfillment that was making you um, 
you know, want to make a, you know, what was the catalyst for change and where were you at in your life by then? Like, did it started your family yet and all that? Yeah, I had. So, you know, I, th- I think there was some red flags and the first happened when I was 30. Uh, my dad was, and I had a strange relationship. He had left when I was five. Uh, when I was 10, I realized he was a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, overseller and backend seller. Uh, when he forgot my birthday and instead of admitting it, he said he didn't believe in birthdays, even though he was celebrating everyone's birthday. Uh, and so at 30, he gave me a gift. He gave me a jacket for my birthday with no pockets. And, you know, at 30, he told me the reason he gave me that jacket is he wanted me to hang it in the closet to remind me that money couldn't buy love or happiness. And he was afraid that I believed money was the end all. That was my address of emotion. And, uh, I called him a liar, a cheater. He said I was just like him and he didn't want me to make the same mistakes that he had made. I said, I'm nothing like you. You're a liar, cheater, manipulator, overseller, backend seller. Later, my best friend, I invited six years later, I'm running Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, as you indicated in the the intro, the most notable sports agency in the world. So I'm worth over $100 million. I have access to what billionaires couldn't even afford to buy. And my best friend, I invite him to the Masters with, you know, Wayne Gretzky and Joe Montana. And he's like, I don't want to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, Dave, I don't like who you are. I don't like who you hang out with. And I don't like what you're doing. As much as I want to go to the Masters, I don't want to go with you. Mm-hmm. I told him I hated him. Just like I told him I had hated my mom, my dad. And two weeks later, my life would change forever. You talked about that moment of awareness of the aggregation, the exponentiality of negative behaviors that had accelerated for over 13 years. And here I was coming home from lying to my wife about going to see Little John at the Grammy Awards. And she, you know, was the third red flag, told me she wasn't happy, told me that I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become because I was going to end up dead and she wasn't going to hang out to watch with my three daughters all under 10 years old. Mm. And that didn't stick initially. But the next morning when I sat on my bed telling myself that I hated everyone, especially my mom, my dad, my best friend and my wife, uh, there seemed to be a common denominator (laughs) uh, between all these people that seemed to care most about me, not the users who were spending my money on boats and jets and shit that I was spending for, but these were people that actually cared about me and who was the common de- not denominator. And as I was thinking that I looked in the closet and there was that jacket. And that was the last moment for me because I looked at that jacket and I said, man, I don't hate my dad. I don't hate my mom. I don't hate my best friend. And I certainly don't hate my wife. I hate myself. I am a liar, a cheater, manipulator, an overseller, and a backend seller. And I want to live my life in a different way. I want to live my life. I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy and I am worthy. I got to figure out what I'm doing to interfere with it because I'm not feeling the happiness, health, wealth, and worthiness anymore. And that's when I started that journey. It took me 17 years, by the way, no overnight success here. (laughs) took me 17 years to make everything back where I make more money, help more people and have more fun to be where am I today, living in a world of more than enough of everything, living in a value add world, not a zero sum game. And that was what, so like mid 2000s? Yeah, so that was uh, in 2006, my wife 
told me to F off. And in 2008, I lost over $100 million and went bankrupt. Although, and despite I was on the right journey, I still had some lessons to learn and some causes uh, to teach me those lessons. And uh, I learned how to deal with getting kicked in the face eight times every day, where instead of spending days, weeks, months, and years accelerating in the wrong direction, I spend minutes and moments. And most of my time is accelerating in a trajectory of where I want to be or better. It's funny. I don't know if uh, you'll relate to it. And the dollars weren't quite in the same ballpark, but uh, I battled with addiction myself. And I remember as soon as I gave it up, I expected the universe to just rain down all the stuff that it had been like not giving me, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like where's I'm doing the thing. Where's all my stuff. Right. And it didn't show up obviously because my mindset was still the same and I replaced drinking with like self-loathing and stuff like that. And um, it took me a good couple of years, um, two, three years and some good mentoring to really I, I think all that our addictions do, and, it, and and if someone's listening and they're they're like, well, I'm not addicted to drugs or alcohol, and it's like, whatever, you're addicted to fear, anger. Like we all have these patterns, right? A belief or behavior that don't serve us, but we keep doing them anyway, over and over again. And and I think that, you know, it all that removing the substance does or the stimulus does is it gives us the opportunity to get in the game and then address it, right? If we choose to, and. So it wasn't until at least a couple of years after I gave up alcohol until any kind of positive results really started showing up. And in the meantime, I was just a guy that had problems and no longer had medicine. You know what I mean? Like, like no longer had a way of numbing out. Does that relate? Yeah. Resonates with me completely. And I love the way that you articulate that. I tell everyone, look, you, it's really simple. Look, practice identifying fear fear of the mm -hmm. past or fear of the future, and then identify what you're prescribing to that fear. And, you know, that prescription is an ego-based consciousness that early on Freud was quite clear about feeding, fleeing, fighting, or fornicating. So when we look at, for example, addiction, that's the ego feeding itself, right? And you're feeding it with X. Uh, and that's the natural response to fear. And so I help people identify fear, past and future, and then understand how the ego, number one, works, but two, how it prescribes behavior uh, to that fear. And a lot of times uh, they are negative behaviors that numb us or even worse, accelerate us in the wrong direction. Uh, the need to be offended, the need to be right, the need to be not worthy or separate, inferior or superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful. Do you know how much time, emotion, value, and money is wasted in those interferences, F-E-A-R? There's millions and billions of dollars every day wasted in the wrong trajectory. And it takes people like you, Ken, in order to help people identify it or at least plant seeds under trees that you may never sit under, but someday... If someone's going to listen to this podcast 10 years from now and go, oh, I'm ready. I get yeah. what those two guys were talking about. And yes, there's going to be people that, people that hear this podcast right now and be go like, what kind of woo-woo bullshit are these two? Let's have a beer tonight and forget about what these two guys are saying. Totally. I know you're on a mission to help a billion people improve Over, their lives. You want to take Over a billion. Over a billion. Billion and one. Yeah. What, does that, what does that look like? And, 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 and how are you, how great, are you going to do it? Great question. So it, it looks like, and why I'm on podcasts like yours, right? It looks like me being able to help you 
and empower you, someone that I know can empower a thousand to empower a thousand to be happy. Because a thousand Kens in the world are going to empower a thousand other Kens of the world to empower another thousand Kens. So a thousand times a thousand's a million, a million times a thousand's a billion. I am only focused in on by, I give my books away for free, for example. If your entire community, if they email me at david at dmelter.com, I will sign my book. I will awesome. send it to them. I'll pay for the book. I'll pay for shipping, right? I'm not, and, and I'm, I know that there's going to be one of the thousands in that people that read the book. I do interviews. I have, you're in New York. I have a VIP dinner with the who's who that I'm going to invite Ken to come to, hoping awesome. that he sits on a panel, meets, you know, unbelievable billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers that come from these big companies in New York. And then he'll get more podcast guests. He'll learn more lessons. It's all about empowerment and the exponentiality of what we do. And I know you're one of those thousands that can have that type of impact. So I focus my time on that relativity and it works. That's amazing. And I got to tell you, anybody that goes to your Instagram page or looks you up, um, David is a guy that walks the talk, uh, new podcast episodes uh, dropping every couple of days for you. You're doing meet and greets everywhere you travel to. I saw that. I saw you're out in Southern Cal right now, like meeting with people tomorrow, I think. So yeah, amazing stuff. I know your time is limited. Is there anything you want to leave us with before you uh, head off onto your, I'm sure, next uh, next podcast? I do. You know, I think if you look at behavior, like you look at financial literacy, it really helps. And I teach a lot of kids about financial literacy because although I had a law degree, went to business school, undergrad, all the things I did made millions of dollars. The reason I really lost that money was I wasn't financially literate and I didn't ask for help. And so uh, look at your behaviors like dollars. You know, when I go into kids and I say, hey, do you want me, if you have a choice, would you rather me give you a million dollars today or give you a penny today and teach you how to make it double every day for a month. And all the kids are like, give me the million. Mm -hmm. But if I give you a penny today and I teach you how to double your penny every day for 30 straight days, you end up with over $5.3 million. And I see people do that with behaviors. It, it, do you want a million dollars of advice today? Or do you want a penny of advice today that will empower you to double that every single day for a month and yet you'll be five times or more farther ahead minimum and so i want everyone to think about how to reconcile persistence with patience how to have faith of the future have gratitude of the future think about what you want align the behaviors with it the beliefs as well in a trajectory where you think you want to be giving meaning to the past find the lessons that ken and i have learned the light and the love spend minutes and moments when you get kicked in the face, not days, weeks, months, and years. And I promise you will also live in the world of more than enough, more than enough of everything for everyone. And which means you will make a lot of money yourself. You will help a lot of people and have a lot of fun like Ken and I. Everyone reach out to me, come to the meetups, free Friday trainings, get my book for free, come to our VIP dinners. They're all over the place. David at dmeltzer.com. Thank you so much, David. Have an awesome uh, rest of your week. I appreciate you coming on.